0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Proposed changes to Canada's Income Tax Act are liable to have a significant impact on many Canadians. If you are a farmer, a rancher, or own a professional corporation, you should know what these proposed changes mean for you. If you have a life plan or a business plan, you're going to want to talk to your financial advisor. If you don't have a plan, Now's the time to develop one. Think about investing 90 minutes in your financial future on Thursday evening, October 26th at the next McMillan Estate Planning Seminar. Call the office to register weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464 or register online anytime at macmillanestate.com. Check out a number of blogs related to taxation issues on the MacmillanEstate.com website and listen to recent editions of The Strong Room to catch up on details and features you may have missed.
1: Let's take up the question of real estate. Whether it's held outright by a citizen or held within a private Canadian corporation as an asset, there are tax implications that always need to be taken into account. Assets like real estate may be affected by proposed changes to the Income Tax Act. Again, you need to account for
2: this in your planning. Here again is Norman Ewing. This is something we've seen a lot in the news recently with the run-ups on the markets in uh, Vancouver and, of course, uh, moving over into Toronto. Things haven't been quite as strong over the last couple of years here in Calgary, but if you look at long-term people that have held property um, for a number of years, uh, there's an issue of uh, appreciation and value of, of those properties. And and what we uh, don't always look at in that uh, equation is, is what are the potential taxes on that, uh, what are the potential reporting requirements on that. Uh, because you know, taxes are generally an issue with any um, asset that goes up in value, be it cars, stocks, and of course, real estate. Uh, and this is relevant to uh, most Canadians because of the level of home ownership we see here in Canada. Uh, you know, for the last number of years, uh, we've we've seen that uh, number between uh, about 65 and 70%. I think we're hovering right around 66% uh, right now. Uh, and so, uh, you know, most Canadians uh, are, are going to own a home, uh, they'll probably sell that home and and purchase a, another home and and of course what are the uh, the tax implications of that
1: okay let's start with principal residence exemption because this is the baseline I think for a lot of activity that people need to be concerned about with respect to
2: the ownership of property the principal residence exemption is uh, you know an opportunity in our tax law to um, have uh, you know an asset appreciate in value uh, without paying taxes on that it's not held uh, for um, uh, flipping uh, the they hold it on a more long-term basis, it's, it's a capital asset. Uh, and so there's potential for, for capital gains on that uh, when it goes up in value. Uh, now, of course, if you've dealt with capital gains in the past, uh, whether it be on property or stocks or things like that, uh, you'll realize that uh, there's only a 50% inclusion in income, uh, not, the, not the entire gain uh, is taxed. But you know, if, if the property's gone up uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, we're still looking at significant taxes there. If it's uh, your principal residence, if it's a personal use, uh, you know, it's not uh, a rental or anything like that. It's it's primarily inhabited uh, by, uh, um, you know, you, your spouse, your family, something like that. Um, then, uh, you know, in most of these cases, we're looking at uh, the principal residence exemption, uh, making it so that there's no tax on that. Uh, you know, it can go up in value. There's no taxes paid on that. And and this is a great opportunity for people because, uh, you know, if you're investing in, you know, stocks and other things, uh, you know, there's, there's generally taxes on that. Um, Whereas, uh, you know, if if you've uh, um, bought smartly uh, on the real estate side and and things have gone up in value, um, you can keep a lot of that profit. Now, what a lot of people, uh, you know, don't, don't realize is there's been some changes in this area. So back in the fall of 2016, the government changed the rules on this. Uh, in the past, uh, you know, unless there was a, a partial um, principal residence exemption that uh, a person was claiming, um, if, if you were really looking at the, at, at the full um, exemption, you didn't have to report anything. Uh, and, and so I, I think a lot of people got uh, in the habit that uh, if this was your, your primary home, this is what you lived in. There was no revenue or, or commercial, um, you know, benefit from that. They didn't have to worry about the taxes because there there was generally no reporting on that. Uh, and so you, you know, you'd, you'd sell your home, you'd uh, you know, move up to a, a nicer home and uh, live in that for a while, and, and 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 the tax issue never really came up. With the changes uh, that uh, this the CRA brought uh, about in uh, fall of 2016, we have to be a little bit more careful on this because now there's always a reporting requirement. Uh, Even if you're claiming a principal residence exemption, uh, if you've owned the property for the entire term and and there's a full exemption on that, there's still reporting that has to happen to the government. There may not be any uh, taxes owing, um, but you still have to report that sale and and the gains on that on your tax return. Uh, And so this is going to be uh, a bit of a shift for people to realize that and uh, accountants are going to be bringing that uh, to people's attention, but uh, maybe if they're, they're doing their own taxes or or maybe aren't aware of this, uh, uh, it could skate under uh, their radar for a little bit. And, you know, that's not something that uh, we certainly want people to uh, be in a position uh, with uh, because, of course, uh, you know, late filing with the CRA uh, incurs penalties. Um, In this case, I think the penalties are about $100 a month, capping out at about $8,000 in total.
1: I want to ask about GST on non-principal residence exemptions, because if you own your own home and you sell that, as I understand it, you don't pay GST on the sale. But if you have uh, other property that is not considered your principal residence, when you sell that, is GST a factor?
2: Yeah, GST uh, generally isn't a factor on, uh, you know, people's, uh, you know, regular homes, especially if it's a used home. Uh, you know, you may have lived in it for a while. Um, you're selling it to another individual. Um, there's no GST on that. Uh, GST generally comes about uh, when you're purchasing a new home. Often you're uh, buying that from a corporation. You're buying that from a builder. Uh, and so on On new homes, uh, there's, there's taxes on that. Uh, you know, of course, uh, GST is, is also an issue uh, if, um, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a commercial property, uh, or uh, uh, you know maybe it's a uh, you know long term rental owned by a corporation or something like that.
1: All right let's talk about uh, the complexities that come from the ownership
2: of multiple properties yeah so we, we you know we chatted about the the, the change in the reporting uh, you know people certainly have to be aware of that um, but uh, you know uh, planning is necessary in this area for people that uh, perhaps have multiple properties um, so you know if you just have one property there might not be much of an issue as far as um, uh, you know tax planning opportunities you certainly have to be aware of the reporting side uh, but when you start getting into multiple properties It can get more fun there Uh, because you know part of this uh, principal residence exemption uh, is is the fact that uh, you know there's only a principal residence exemption um, for. A couple, You can only claim it on one property, even if, if, if there's the two of you and, and you own multiple properties. Um, so say you own, uh, you know, a property here uh, in Calgary, and it is is common that uh, people have recreational properties elsewhere, um, then uh, you could be in an issue uh, where you're uh, looking at, uh, you know, which property are we going to use this exemption on? We can only use it on one. Um, so uh, we have to look at, uh, you know, ownership uh, times and, 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 and appreciation and value um, to pick and choose and see where it's most effective to use that because you'll probably be paying prop, uh you'll probably be paying uh, income taxes on one of those properties. Do you find
1: clients who who have property in different jurisdictions who will pick the principal residence in the most tax friendly jurisdiction and declare that as their principal residence and then? you know, treat the others as recreational properties, because I think uh, for a while, at least until 2015, that was one of the things about Alberta, that there were a lot of people that didn't necessarily live here, but they declared their principal residence
2: here because it was, relatively speaking, a tax friendly environment. Yeah, Alberta, you know, really had that advantage in the past, uh, primarily because our our tax rates were uh, were lower um, relative to uh, other provinces. And so people wanted to be uh, residents for tax purposes of Alberta um, so that uh, they were taking advantage of those lower rates. Um, here in Alberta, we've, we've kind of been hit over the last couple of years. The uh, provincial um, side of, of income taxes has increased it as, as well as the federal side. Um, and so we're not seeing as big of a, a Alberta advantage compared to other provinces.
1: The preceding discussion should provide the impetus for you to get busy on your life plan, to make sure you are protected and prepared for any changes to the Income Tax Act. Before we leave you, a reminder about Macmillan Estate Planning's upcoming seminar in Calgary on Thursday evening, September 28th at 7 o'clock. And for those of you who live in the Red Deer area, you might wish to take in a Macmillan Planning seminar being held Wednesday evening, November 1st. You can pre-register for either of these events by calling Macmillan Estate Planning weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464 or you can register online at macmillanestate.com. I'm Peter Watts. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on Newstalk 770.